0: Hello, and welcome to In Her Room, women writers on life, craft, and changing the world. I'm your host, Sarah Blackthorne. This week's guest is Gigi Renee Hill. Gigi Renee is not afraid to dive deep into the sometimes murky places of the soul. A seeker, a dreamer, a writer, a lover, she inspires those around her to brave awkward honesty and belly up to expressions of true gratitude. Finding the balance between writing, coaching, mothering her three beautiful children, and peeling back the layers of ourselves, Gigi brings a passion and commitment to acting with love in all that she creates. Gigi, it is so great to have you on this episode. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you today about your writing and your coaching and the way that you seek to inspire others in the world. So to start off, what is writing to you? Writing
1: to me is first um, an, an act of self-discovery. Um, it's a way to get in touch with those Shadows and those hidden places and those blind spots that we have inside as well as our creativity that as we get older sometimes it becomes more challenging to access and for me, writing is the portal to all of that because there are things that come out of me in the in the practice of writing that don't that that are just not as accessible when doing anything else you know it's a time when you can just really let go and not overthink and just let the words come out. So for me, it's about self-discovery first and foremost.
0: Hmm, Absolutely. I think it's important for us as writers to remember that everything we write is really telling us something more about ourselves, Mm -hmm. whether it's poetry or fiction or creative nonfiction or memoir, even copy that we write for websites and for talking about the things that we do in the world. Everything is really, if we take the time to look at it, an opportunity to learn something important about ourselves. Absolutely. One of the things I love about your work is that you reference, not just in your website URL, all the many layers, but in your work as a whole, the importance of remembering that we are layered beings and peeling back those layers and looking through them. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about how you came to use that metaphor in your writing and in your work, and also what it means for those who interact with you.
1: Mm, That's a great question. Um, It really was, it just speaks to the testament that, you know, everything is a journey. There's not like one destination you get to. Um, When I started blogging, um that was a, a, the beginning of a, a whole adventure for me. And I was blogging with a friend of mine um, who we were both going through a late 20s sort of transition into really wanting to align our, our insides with our outsides, you know, the whole realizing that the way we were programmed, you know, as a child, as kids, we were both taught. Um, getting married and having kids and having a good job would make us happy and would make us fulfilled. And, and when those things didn't (laughs) happen, and we felt lost, and we were just so, so caught up in appearances, and what we thought was we were supposed to be doing. And we both realized this kind of around the same time. And we both we actually met in a writing class in freshman year of college. So it's so funny that that's how we first met. And we kind of you know, that's always been a a connection for us. We decided to start this blog to talk about what we were going through because really a a bunch of our friends urged us to. They said, you guys are both great writers. And I honestly, that was shortly after the birth of my second child. I hadn't been writing on a regular basis in years. Um, And I also had a therapist I was seeing at the time who was urging me, you know, writing keeps coming up. You need to write, you need to write. So through the process of that blog we were talking about the blog was called peace love and pretty things Mm. and it was so it was so it was wonderful but looking back on it now it was so um like it was it it didn't reflect the darker side of self-discovery right it didn't for me it didn't reflect all of me it didn't reflect all of my layers I felt like I was positioning myself to be this enlightened person, and I was not there yet, really. I, I you know, I had all of these ideas and I was reading a lot, I was inspired by a lot, and I was sharing all these things that inspired me. And I started feeling like I was I was out of alignment with myself again. I started feeling like, "But hey, I'm not talking about the fact that I write this, and then I might go and close myself up and hide under the covers and cry and be depressed for hours after that. Or, or I'm, you know, I'm saying all these wonderful things, but then I go, and in my head, I'm beating myself up, or I'm feeling envious of someone, or like, I I just felt like I was out of alignment again, you know, so when I shared that with my person that, you know, my partner that I was writing with, she really wanted to stick to just the 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 constant optimism the constant constant positivity and the light and and I was like oh so we just kind of in that last year I guess we kind of started creatively drifting apart where there were other things other parts of me that I just felt compelled I had to bring to the light and while I did have my own I had a separate blog it was more about beauty and hair and things like that so I just didn't really have the right outlet that I wanted for this other part of me. And I sat, I think it really took months, Sarah, for me to, I wanted to capture before I started my own blog, before we, we parted, I really wanted to come up with this feeling. I was a a way to capture this feeling that I was having and I was patient with it and I just waited. And I'm sure you can relate to like, you know, having a product or a blog and wanting to name Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) And you're like, I cannot launch this until I have the perfect name. And and it came down to that. It, it just One day, it just came to me, all the many layers. Like, that's what I want this blog and ultimately what I'm building from here on out to be about. Like, I had spent so many years feeling like I had to be this way or I had to be that way or I had to please this person or to be a good per- you know, to be a good person, I have to show this. And all of that had worn me out emotionally mm-hmm. just so exhausted from trying, trying, trying. And I said, I think, I think it's time for me to stop trying and just be, <laughs> you know, this is who I am. I'm not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. And I'm certainly not all doomsday all the time. I am every shade in between mm-hmm. there. Like I hit every, like most women will tell you, I hit every single, <laughs> you know, layer in between. And and each one of those parts of me has a voice and wants to be expressed is like dying to be expressed. So to deny any of that is just no longer even something that I'll consider, you know, so I was very thankful to have that release of finally having that name come to me and and understanding, okay, this is exactly what I want this platform to be about. That was a really long answer. That's a fantastic
0: answer (laughs) though, because I think so many women can relate to that, not just the feeling of I thought this was supposed to be what makes me happy and it's really not, to no. the place of how do I access and allow myself to access all the parts of me? How do I find no. the the bravery really to step into – and look at with compassion, even the darkest parts of ourselves. I think that's so critical. Um, One thing that I know I sometimes struggle with, like you said, you know, crawling under the covers and crying for hours. For me, it's really that that struggle with self-compassion. I'm so good at saying to my writing clients and my editing clients oh no no this is great this is great work and and yes it's hard and it sucks but you're doing it and when it comes to my own work saying it's hard and it sucks and you're terrible at it Sarah right. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think finding that that place to really expand all of the ways that we look at ourselves and and hold that space for ourselves and for one another. You offer um, writing courses. You have two books. Correct. Yes, I have two print books. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you also, one of the things I love about your work is you've really taken other social media platforms by storm, but the one that I first encountered you on was actually Instagram. And the way that you interact with your Instagram community, which is photography and visual stimulus, but bring to it the passion and the same enthusiasm that you bring to all of your writing. I'm curious how you find interacting with both the visual and the written part of that community in particular affects the rest of the work that you do. Um, you know, it, it took some trial and error
1: to figure out, um, cause you know, you don't want to become a slave to your social media and just find that you're constantly, you know, there's so many different ways to get your message out there. And when you have a blog on top of all that, there does, there was a time where I was like, okay, you know, I literally, if I let myself, I could spend all day engaging on social, social media, but that's not, you know, the best use of my time. So. I guess the way that um, I kind of got into a groove with it was well, well, for one, I made it I made Instagram in particular a priority because I noticed a lot of conversions when interacting with people on Instagram. So, um, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, followers who who encountered me on Instagram became blog followers, or they became um, clients, or they bought my book. Um, so when I saw that that it was that impactful, I was like, okay, this is something to really pay attention to and to cultivate and try to see, you know, how I can bring even more of, you know, build that that um, community even stronger. And just, you know, obviously this is, it's paying off to invest more time in this and finding that balance between um, it is visual. And, you know, I struggled at first with, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to make this about vanity or, and then, you know, I think that was more my ego kind of getting in the way because I knew for me it was never about that. It was always about the art and it was always about being an inspiration. And I think that um, each person has to find the platforms that they can exploit to their best to, to their strengths, you know what I'm saying? So for me, mm-hmm. it's a combination of the visual because I, it's, it's what I'm inspired by. You know, when I first got on Instagram, I didn't really post much. I just kind of felt it out and said, okay. You know, I started off maybe following too many people and then I cut it down <laughs> and then I said, how do I want <laughs> to cultivate this timeline so that it inspires me? And I noticed that, so noticing the people that inspired me the most, it was a combination of their words and their imagery. And I was inspired by that. So I said, okay, this is kind of how I want to do it too. And I became more interested in, I had always been interested in looking at photography and I've been looking at pretty things. I've always been visually inspired, but then I, it it was almost another creative outlet for me. Like, how can I, you know, I want to make pretty images too, to just make my words ring even more. Mm-hmm. So that to me, was just a very positive thing. Like, okay, this is helping me be even more creative. Um, whereas other outlets like Facebook, I'm very passive with. Um, I just sort of, if I post to Instagram, I check the little button. So it'll go to Facebook as well. <laughs> I don't pay much attention to Facebook. And um, and Twitter, you know, I have my way that I engage on Twitter as well. So those are two, kind of my two favorites are Insta- Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the freedom, you know, where Twitter, I'm I'm more limited and forces me to be concise, which is a good thing, because I can be rather long winded. But Instagram gives me that freedom to write, you know, like, mini blog posts. And sometimes I've even found that before I could go a while, maybe I'm working on a project, and I'm away from my blog for a while. And I felt like, well, I hate to leave my blog dormant for a while. If I have to do that now, it doesn't bother me so much because I know I can hop on Instagram
0: (laughs) and, you know,
1: engage there. And it's like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still, you know what I mean? So absolutely. So in that way, um, it really is. I I call it my micro blog. It's like my mini blog, my Instagram. I think
0: that's a I think that's a really great way of (laughs) of using that tool. Uh, For me, you know, I'm also a person who's incredibly visually inspired but I never thought of myself as a particularly skilled photographer and I know that if I went back into my Instagram archives from the early days I'm sure that there are thousands of really terrible pictures oh mine too <laughs> um, <laughs> I just know that about myself but uh-huh. I think you know when I think about it now I think about it really as that way of for me it's it, it's also a micro blog, but it's also the looking at or seeing something and that sort of quick and dirty, this is what inspires me and this is what it says to me. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of how I use Instagram as that, you know, it's a, it's a way to sort of connect to a different community about longer pieces that I'm sharing. But mm-hmm. at the same time, in this moment. Yeah. This the is what I'm thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. yeah. I'm curious about the best advice you've ever received.
1: You know, the best advice I've ever received, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of your, the people you interview have very simple, a lot of times the best advice is the most simple advice, right? And for me, it's just to be yourself. But even, even when you're told that from, you know, three or four years old i personally probably was told that my whole life i didn't really get it until i was like 30 (laughs) you know like what that really (laughs) yes i know (laughs) having just turned 30 i know (laughs) and i I have an older sister who's 12 years older than me and she always told me she well she's in she's in her later 40s now and she would always say when i was in my 20s she would say she, she calls me genie Jeannie, when you get to your 30s you won't care what people think so much and you'll just be more comfortable in your skin and more comfortable to just be yourself and i remember her saying that and me thinking okay i hope so because i don't see that ever happening because <laughs> <laughs> the pressure yes. <laughs> was just so just loud and the pressure to just fit in and to not be you know, to, just to, to care what people think was so strong for me in my 20s. I just didn't think, I didn't really see myself ever coming out of that. So now, be yourself is the best advice that I could give to anyone, including myself. It's the, the strongest affirmation, um, even when I have to go into um, an environment that, you know, when you do this type of work, when you when you do creative work, you're always put in situations where you know, you're vulnerable, and you have to go around people and present, um, you know, work that is very precious to you that that's very, you know, basically, your your insides out um, on display. And I have to remind myself, be yourself, like, don't, you know, try to, you know, I went to, this is a good example, I went to an event yesterday, at a very artsy, um, sort of like an antique shop in DC, and everyone looked like an artist and everyone is very deep and <laughs> and <laughs> was dressed like thrift shop chic, and just gorgeous and artsy and and the old me would have felt very intimidated like I had on a black turtleneck and some jeans and I think I had like marker and crayon marks <laughs> on my jeans because I had just dropped my kids off so <laughs> yeah like I was just me, I, this is me. I'm a mom. I'm a, you know, this is this is what I do. You know, I dress comfortably, and I, you know, with especially when I have my kids with me. And I went in there and I said, you know what? I'm not going to feel intimidated by anyone. A lot of these people have been in, indulged in their art for years. Like I'm someone who just came out of corporate America a year and a half ago. You know, I was not an artist. Like I, I wasn't. I was like completely absorbed in a whole nother way of life for 12 years. So. All of this is an art scene and all these, you know, all these people know each other. It's all new to me. And I just had a little pep talk with myself before I went in and I just said, you know what? You be yourself. And there's a quote on my about page on my blog, um, a Maya Angelou quote that says, um, a woman in tune with her spirit. I'm probably going to misquote it. A woman in tune with her spirit. Um flows, goes where, she will, go, goes where she will without pretense and arrives prepared to be herself. Something like that. And yeah. that is something that for me comforts me. Like I am just going to go and I'm not going to have any expectations or pretense or I'm not going to compare myself to anyone. I'm just going to be myself. And that has just made me um, a much more relaxed person. I used to have a lot of anxiety and you know, always felt like, oh, I should have wore this oh, I should have said this. Oh, I should. you know what I mean? Like just second-guessing myself for my whole life. And I found a lot of
0: peace. And finally, at 37, just being able to go wherever and just be myself, you know? That's profound. And I say that because when we think about being ourselves, I think for me, the thing I've always struggled with is well, who the hell am I? How can I be myself if I don't know (laughs) who the hell I am? And so, but reminding myself that every day is a new unfolding Mm -hmm. and that today I might be really comfortable in jeans and a black T-shirt and tomorrow I might decide to wear the furliest Right on the planet, (laughs) Uh um, and being okay with that, you know, I think, um, I think it really reflects back to that work of personal layers and diving deep into discovering well, who exactly am I? What does make me comfortable? What, you know, how do I find the things that provide me that comfort and that stability and that constant? so that I can continue to dive deep and look more closely at my own life and who I am and who I want to be. But yeah, I definitely... Be yourself, that's such great wisdom and so fraught with possibility, <laughs> both good mm-hmm. and bad. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of us have to be everything but ourselves first before we'll give being ourselves a try. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely i'm curious you mentioned that you recently a year and a half ago came out of corporate mm-hmm. america and i'm i am not surprised if there are many listeners who are either in the corporate wheel or you know working in corporate america or corporate anywhere right now but are writing at night writing on the weekends, writing when they can. I'm curious if you have any wisdom to share about how you made that leap and what it meant for you.
1: Yeah, it was um, a gradual awakening, I would say. Um, I'd been doing exactly what you said, writing at night, writing um, on my lunch break, on the weekends, and. Towards the last couple years, I just became downright resentful of my day job. Like, I would be at work, you know, like, oh, it's a quiet day. I'm going to get a lot of blogging done today. And then let's say a client would call and have this whole situation, and I'd be so resentful that they were interrupting my blog and my writing. Like, it just became, it became painful. Away from and I and I kept thinking about all that I could do if I didn't have a day job. Oh, if I didn't have this, I would do this, but I just don't have time. But just and then it became there's the guilt of having kids and feeling like, okay, I already have a job where I'm working 40 plus hours a week and my commute is an hour each way. So I already had this guilt of I felt like my in laws were raising my kids because I dropped them off early in the morning and sometimes I didn't pick them up till after dinner. Mm-hmm. And then I felt that I was rushing to get them bathed and in the bed so I could write for a little while. Like, I, you know what I mean? And it's mommy, you can yeah. give me a story and I'd be like, all right, something quick. <laughs> <You> know, <because laughs> I wanted to write and I felt like I had to write. I just felt like this can't be, this is something that is so meaningful to me and enriches so, and, and my life so much. I can't be doing this right if I have to suppress it, if I have to push mm-hmm. it aside um so that feeling started off as like a little you know a little itch and then it turned into just this huge distracting thing that I couldn't ignore so um I did start at first when I was blind I wasn't making any money then I did start making some some freelance money so I said okay I'm gonna wait until my freelance money at least matches what I'm making yeah I got impatient with that (laughs) And, (laughs) and I just there was a moment where I knew, and I was. Um, well, there were, there were two significant moments. There was one where a coworker of mine, a friend of mine, I was. We were having a regular conversation. I think I was giving her some advice, and she stopped me like mid sentence. And this is what she's feisty, like she's like you know, tell it like it is, you know, quick tongue type of woman. And she said. She's like, Gina, you need, you, need, you need to go. Like, you just, you don't belong here. You need to, <laughs> like, out of nowhere, Sarah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I'm kind of, I actually got choked up when she said it, because she said it was such a tough love moment. She said it in such a harsh way. All kind of F-bombs and stuff. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but I needed it. But she just said, you don't, you know, F-it belongs here. You need to be writing. You need to be out. You need to be speaking to people. And she just went on and on. And I don't know where it came from because we weren't necessarily talking about that. Yeah. But she just, I just, I probably was standing there with my mouth hanging open. I was like, oh my God. And she was like, you don't belong here. Like you need to, you need to go. You need to figure it out. You need to go. <laughs> and it had such a huge impact on me. And I mean, from that day forward, I feel like it was like she, she, she jolted something in me. And um, I was doing all this writing about to inspire other people to live in alignment and to take and to you know to not sacrifice their their whole life doing what they think they're supposed to do mm-hmm. and you know I was writing about this stuff every day and I wrote about it so much and affirmed it so much that it really changed something inside of me where I said okay what if I really did this what if I you know I wasn't making enough freelance money to match what I'd been making before um, and I was terrified to go to my partner and say, Hey, I want to quit my job and do this. I was terrified to do that. And real quick, part of the reason I was terrified to do that was because we've been together for so long. We, you know, we got pregnant with our son when we were just out of, I was just out of college. He had dropped out of college. So we weren't really ready to be parent. Mm-hmm. And he was at a point in his life where he was like complete, like serial entrepreneur. He had like three, four businesses, All of them were, you know, just in the red because he was young. He had the ideas, but not the business savvy at the time. And so when we got together and decided to make things work to raise our son, I was like, no, you need to get a job. Like all this entrepreneur stuff, we don't have time for that. (laughs) We need to have stability for our our child. And I was just against it. And it was a a huge area of tension for us for about two years. So I think I harbored that. I, 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 I know he probably harbored it a little bit. So for me to now, 10 years later, I'm like, well, I want (laughs) to (laughs) turn. I want to try that for a little while. And it's just such a different tune for me to sing when you're, you know, back then I was very much like you get a job, you get good benefits and you stay there. That's how I was raised. And, you know, over time I, you know, I was singing a different song. So anyway, the second moment that came was, you know, I had to talk with him and he was supportive, which was you know, a whole other topic when you talk about like support in your relationships and like so how so many women don't want to ask for what they want. Right. You know, we just assume that we're going to be told no, or that we're not. You know, we feel guilty for asking people to make sacrifices for us, et cetera. I had all of that going on, and he just squashed it and has completely shown up and been 100% supportive. Um And I, did, I was going to wait until this was 2013. I was going to wait out the end of the year so I can get my bonus, and <laughs> it was um probably. March or April I was in a client meeting and I don't know if I was just having a very emotional hormonal day but I looked around and I just I don't know what was being said Sarah I just looked around and I was like oh my god like I can't I don't think I can stand it another minute and I went to the bathroom and I cried like I'm such an emotional girl so (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) I was like, "Oh my god!" And after, like, I, I got myself together and I went back to the meeting. After the meeting, I went to my boss's office night and, and I gave I gave notice. I, I, mean, I didn't give two weeks. I gave them a long time. i had been there for so long, and I wanted them to have time to adjust. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to like leave on really excellent terms. So I gave them like, I think it was like two months.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I was out by July of that year. I, I didn't, I didn't make it to the end of the year. And it was just a very surreal time in my life. I was I, like, I was constantly pinching, like, am I really doing this? Like, it was so strange, but in, in the best way, you know? And I know that, and you said, you know, in terms of advice, it's if you, it's not something that will go away. If you feel that pull, like I'm, I don't think that there's anything wrong with the nine to five, but if it's completely out of alignment with who you are, yeah. whatever you need to do to, seek out what will be more fulfilling to you start small take baby steps take a little class you know like something absolutely to to awaken what will be more fulfilling for you and if you can find an outlet for that in another job great or if it it turns out to be entrepreneurship for you great or a hobby i don't care what it is but just to be suppressing and just settling every day is not healthy like i was borderline on meds at the time, because I just could not get, I couldn't get myself together. I was just always, I felt so blessed and just so depressed. And it it just, it just was this weird juxtaposition. Like there was, I had a great life, but I just felt like,
0: uh, yeah. Yep. You know, absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. Because I, you know, because I wasn't, I didn't have, one of the lines in my book that I quote a lot is being a creative person without an outlet is a dangerous way to live. Yes. Like it really is. It's just, it's dangerous.
0: I, that is an incredible quote. I, I absolutely agree.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is downright dangerous. Like, you will think you're crazy. (laughs) And really, all it is, is that you need a creative outlet. That's what it is. You need to be aligned with with that pulse in you, you know?
0: When you sit down to write, do you have any habits or rituals that get you in the space or that you do to really push your writing?
1: I didn't used to. Um, you know, many of us get, hear good advice or we, we get tips and we don't do them. And years ago, I read most of Julia Cameron's um, The Artist Way, and I started doing morning pages. Then I stopped. <laughs> you know, I didn't get back into it for a long time. And Even though I read that writing every day, journaling, just freestyle writing will help you access sort of like what I call like the current more easily, I still didn't do it. I still wanted to sit down and just write brilliant epic blog posts or essays first time through, you know, like not have to warm up or anything. I just wanted it just to pour out of me. And I felt a lot of resistance at times trying to do that. So what I've gotten back into within the past probably like six months to to a year is freestyle writing every day. Just setting the timer every day, whether I'm you know looking forward to a whole day of writing or if I'm going to be out and about all day doing other things, client meetings, whatever it is, I get that five minutes of freestyle writing in. And for me, that keeps me... Moved yeah. up you know it keeps you know it, it's just like anything else like if you exercise if you do yoga if you miss even just a few days you can feel the difference um in how easily you get back into your postures and so I'm not saying that you know I never miss a day because I do unfortunately but I, I can tell the difference yeah. when I do
0: and I think the important thing to remember is uh, I am reminded of one of the essays in Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg. And I love that. Yeah. She talks about uh, composting. Mm-hmm. And what I pulled from that essay years ago, the first time I read it, and every time I've read that book since, is that some writing just gets to be crap. Mm-hmm. And I, I've written a lot about the brain dump and just getting out all the clutter and putting it all out on the page and i think for me that's a lot of what my daily writing practice is
1: yeah
0: uh i went through a, a natalie a, a huge natalie goldberg phase where the um, the practice of filling a notebook a month was what i did mm. yeah to do that for like oh. 6 months mm-hmm. I've, you know, and it was like, fill a notebook. It doesn't have, to, it doesn't matter what it says. And that was almost 10 years ago. And I have, <laughs> through dozens of moves, carried those six notebooks with me. Mm-hmm. Because some of my best ideas are lurking among the compost of those yeah. pages. And I've gone back to mm-hmm. those notebooks and will sometimes just open up a page and go, wow. Wow. I wrote this, Mm -hmm. and this is, this is, I'm going to take this and run with it, and uh, so definitely the writing every day, I, I'm reminded about how good it is for me and how I should really do more to get back into that practice myself. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's easy to fall, it's just as easy as it is to fall off, it's just as easy to get back on, you know? Yeah. We all, I'm sure all writers fall off and on that course, but. Wow. Like, and I was introduced to that concept through her book. I think that's what got me doing it again, because I haven't read The artist Way in a long time, but I, I've just a couple of years ago, read um, Writing Down the Bones. And sure enough, like you said, like, there's so many ideas in that, in between all the clutter. There's so many ideas or just little phrases that mm-hmm. strike you, Absolutely. you know? You know what else I do, Sarah, is when I read um like, I try to time it so that, I mean, I, I try to squeeze in reading whenever I can cause I know how important that is. And I love to read, like, I can never read enough, but it's hard with the kids and work and everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I try to, you know, if I'm feeling a little blocked or just you know, kind of out of sorts, I try to read before um, I sit down to write as well. You know, especially if it's a writer who has a style that loosens me up. Because some, some writers that, depending on how, you know, what your style is, they just make you want to... Yeah, you know, I call it, like, writer mm-hmm. porn. Oh, like yeah. They make, they make you want to do it, too. <laughs> yep. And, yeah, so that will help me, like, oh, I, I want to turn. I want to write. So, like, I try to read, and that will loosen me up a lot of times.
0: That's, that's, a, great, that's a great way to do that. <laughs> well, speaking of reading, I would love it mm-hmm. if you would read for us some of your work. Yeah. What I think I'm going to
1: read is a blog post that I think captures, you know, sometimes you really plan out your blog posts and we're, you know, as bloggers we're super organized and we have a schedule and it's very strategic. And other times a blog post just comes out of you. Maybe it's from the compost or maybe it's just you sit down and it just pours right out. And um if I remember correctly this was one that I was thinking I was just in my feelings that, that day and this kind of poured out of me. I think I was being hard on myself and this is called I know better but I don't always do better. I hope that when you finish reading this you feel lighter. You just might be gentler with yourself. Everyone has bad habits. Everyone has blind spots. You will never figure it all out but you will learn things and there's peace in that. This is a place where cracks and imperfections and testimonies are beloved. Here to know better does not always mean to do better and that's okay. I believe, and yet I still doubt. Through it all, I pray, I write, and I hold on to myself. I am challenged every day, and I still choose to believe. Here, we tell stories. We don't judge. I always want to do better, but I also want to allow myself to journey in peace without constant criticism and judgment. I want to be a soothing refuge for myself. I try to avoid tripping over the same bump in the road more than once, but it happens. I trip, I fall hard often, and I get bruised. I'm not ashamed of my bruises anymore. I have lived, and I am living, and there's no need to hide that. I have scars, each one kissed with acceptance. If I didn't have these scars, I wouldn't know how beautiful they could make me feel. I wonder if you are ever afraid to just get away, to just get up and walk out and remove yourself from the madness. Walk out of the insecurity and the urge to compare yourself. Run and don't look back. Stop measuring yourself. Stop keeping track. Do you ever? Have you ever? I have. But eventually I look back. I look around and I lose my footing and I trip. I see myself doing things and I wonder when I'll stop. I know my assumptions aren't real, but I entertain them and I let them delay me. And my mind can be a deceptive place. My regrets are older than me. I grieve over things I've never seen. I can't remember, but I feel responsible. I feel necessary, and then I feel useless. And all the world is happening, and if I don't shut it out, I can't hear myself. I can't contribute. I sit there with my cracks and my imperfections and my testimonies, and I just breathe, and sometimes that's all I can do. I'm not going to chase better anymore. I won't hold on so tight that my hands lose their warmth and their softness. My definition of success keeps getting simpler. Love food, shelter, dreams, everything else is luxury. It has become clear to me that forgiveness makes life peaceful. And gratitude, that is truly what makes the quality of life better. Here we appreciate the puzzles and the dead end as much as the rainbows and the pots of gold.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. I love that as soon as you read the title, I instantly felt both a connection mm-hmm. and also that sort of uh I guess it's like a a heart contraction mm-hmm. of recognition like oh oh that's me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's me <laughs> so and I think a lot uh-huh. of us can relate to that particularly as it comes to just being human mm-hmm. and and again, finding that compassion with ourselves to show up and say, yeah, I I know, but this is where I am. Right. <laughs> and I got to be okay with that. Yeah. Just as much as I know, I also have to know that I'm right here and I maybe want to be 10 rocks over on the other side of the pond, but right now I'm here. And so I think that's just so important for us to remember that compassion and that kindness of it's okay to be right here. We, we don't have to keep pushing against what we want to be and, and where we want to be going because we, it's okay to be right here. Yeah.
1: And you still can smile right there and still hold your head up. You know, I think a lot of us feel guilty um, when we, when you know, when we feel joy, when we feel happiness, and then we have to feel like we have to
0: mm-hmm.
1: pull it back, like, oh, but I still have this going on, or, you know, everything's not perfect. Well, so, you know, so what? Like, why do you have to delay your peace and your happiness? Because nothing, it's not always, it's never going to get there. It's never going to
0: get right. to the point where I think for me, I often find the struggle of when something is going right for me, I let myself get overwhelmed by all the things that are going wrong in the world <laughs> like yes, it's, it's so easy for me yes. to be like, "Wow, I have this one thing that's going really awesome but but there's starving children and and there's yeah. there's natural disasters, and how can I be doing more and i think <laughs> I think in some ways, it's sort of the the mixed blessing of the internet and being globally connected mm-hmm. is I'm hyper aware of all the other things that are happening in the world and wanting to have an impact in some small way because something is going right for me. So I want to help some somebody else mm-hmm. have something going right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... And that too can be that sort of like, okay, I need to pause, take a deep breath, and and acknowledge that I can't fix everything, <laughs> no matter how much I want to. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I I learned the hard way. I would say through several trials, errors, and uh, things going up in flames, that the best way to have an impact on the world is by showing up and doing my work and trusting that the impact I have and the change that I make doing this work will in some way have a positive ripple effect. I think that's that's the way that I get out of that space of all the things that are going wrong in the world, how can I help them, is remembering when I'm aligned, when I am doing authentic work, I am making a difference.
1: I completely agree. And that's how, that's how I comfort myself as well.
0: Yeah, that was, that was what came up for me as I was listening, that wanting to do better and always mm-hmm. pushing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just never satisfied, just always feeling like not enough. Like, okay, I did something. Whether you did something awesome or you did something that you regret it's like almost like the same reaction. Do you know what I mean? Like just never letting yourself have a moment, <laughs> like, you know? Yes. <laughs> like if it's something that would turn up to be a mistake, you're beating yourself up. If you are happy or something good is happening for you, just like you said, then you're thinking, oh, but I can't celebrate too much because <laughs> there's yep. so much still wrong in the world. And you know, it's just, it's tough. And, and I don't know how you're, you know, my partner, you know, met, all all men are different. I'm not going to generalize, but I have the type of guy who's like, why do you watch things that make you cry? Why do you <laughs> feel responsible for things that have nothing to do with you? You know, he's always mm-hmm. like just looking at me for cure. Like he gets, he's been, we've been together forever. So he knows, but he still questions like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, and I'm like, well, <laughs> there's so many answers to that, but in some ways you have to, um, I have to feel it. I have to feel. Yeah. I guess it's just that, that empath thing. Like I have to let myself feel it, you know, it it, it can be inspiring at times. It can really trigger some beautiful work to come out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, it can give you ideas of how you can use creativity to, like you said, you know, create some type of ripple effect that makes you feel like you're doing something. I can't shut out. Mm-hmm. The things that are tough and that are difficult about you know this, the human nature and the world we live in. I can't shut those things out. Like I'm just, I'm just um, drawn almost to complicated, ambiguous feelings. <laughs> like, yeah, so, like I'm a you know too- I'm a Scorpio. I'm an introvert. I'm an empath. Like all these things. It's just like I'm just wired that way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Where do you go when you are seeking inspiration? Oh, that's a good question.
1: Oh, like so online or in? Anywhere. Anywhere. Okay, so, I mean, my favorite place to go for inspiration in like real life, like physically, is to go to thrift stores and bookstores. And I especially love old books, like, or maybe I guess they don't have to be old, but just like independent bookstores that have a lot of character and maybe have some thrift stuff thrown in with the books or just like a straight thrift store. Those are two of my favorite places to go. I love to go anywhere where I can sit and watch people. Um, I'm a people watcher. <laughs>
0: so mm-hmm.
1: even when I was working, I would go and just I worked at um, in Baltimore at the harbor. And it's just a perfect place to people watch. You can sit on a bench with a cup of tea and just, you know, just watch how people interact. It's right by the water. So anywhere I can watch people and have like the, the backdrop of nature. It's very inspiring to me. Um, I also love to watch any type of performing art. Super inspiring to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then online for inspiration more, like, my mind immediately goes to like Pinterest, but that's inspiration like for like work, like, you know, yeah, you know, that's a different kind of inspiration. That's like, okay, how do I want to maybe I need a new design for a blog or, you know, just that's more work type stuff but um but yeah like getting all you know when you work from home and you write you're on the computer all the time I know that I'm just really looking forward to spring because it's like it gets me out more and and away from just constantly looking on the internet for inspiration but like getting back out into the fresh air and the world and getting my inspiration that way
0: definitely I I'm always looking I think I'm always hungry for more online. Mm -hmm. I want to find that... I want to be in that place of complete awe. I want something that moves me to tears when I'm looking online. Mm -hmm. And I I find that I I struggle to find it Mm -hmm. just because it's such a different experience. For me, I tend to listen to a lot of music mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. and i also watch a lot of uh dance performances yes which seems strange and for me it's it's a little bit hard because watching a dance performance on a screen is can be very different mm-hmm. there isn't that um mm-hmm. energetic of the dancers and the audience and the exchange and the music but you just reminded me I recently came across a series of three videos. The series is called Fables, and uh, I'm going to put a link in this in the blog post for this podcast. It is completely without words. It's visual storytelling in some of the ways that I think I haven't seen in a long time, but cultivating that visual storytelling, I think much like Instagram mm-hmm. is really so important. And so I love that the, um, yeah the idea of performing arts and people watching and being able to find ways to do that even while we're sitting at our desk, oh, you know, yeah. okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes of, I'm going to take 10 minutes of break from my writing mm-hmm. What can I watch Mm -hmm. is sort of how I look at it. It, And sometimes it actually inspires me to do even greater work or completely change my next writing session plans. Like, oh, nope, I got to write about this. Sure, yeah. So it's very, I think it's such a unique experience. But I I love that 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 is something you cultivate Mm -hmm. and recognize this is what inspires and moves me to do new work Mm -hmm. for sure yeah I love that I love that
1: you know even when you're taking a break you want it to be productive and you want to still stay in that frame of mind um that creative frame of mind and I think you know we're always looking for something to open us up even more
0: absolutely always (laughs) definitely
1: facial with that
0: (laughs) so I can relate to that for sure well It has been so fantastic to have you on this episode. I want to wind things down a little bit and give you a chance to share some wisdom directly with listeners. Uh, What is it that you want people to know and to take away with them from hearing about you and from learning about your work?
1: What I definitely would love for you to take away is that there is always someone who understands your point of view, and I think that whether you are at the beginning of a creative journey, in the middle of it, or very experienced um, with a creative lifestyle, it's important to know and be reminded that there is always someone who needs exactly what you have to give. Um there are times when there are highs and lows with this, you know? It's not a constant, "Oh, I'm going to follow my my passion and I'm going to you know, live this creative life and I'm free now and it's wonderful." Yes, but there are times where you feel very alone or you, you know, you um you know, you have so much inside of you that you're trying to get out and for some reason you feel like you can't get it out and that's such a frustrating feeling. There's a difference you want to make and you can't figure out sometimes how to package it and how to get it in front of the people who you feel it would it would resonate. So I think the a core message that has really been something I've had to remind myself is there's always someone who... um really needs the message that you have. And even if that me- even if your message, Sarah said something earlier about sometimes we don't know who, you know, we're not always the same person from day to day. And like, re- it's okay to revel in that. You can be completely, you know, energetic and sociable one day and the next day you don't want to say a word to anyone. And that's okay, you know, and just really honor all those versions of yourself and explore them dive into them and just own them completely and you will just learn so much about yourself and that the energy that you create from doing that is just magnetic. It's just, I've just really been humbled by the power of really staying in tune and, and aligned with your energy and not trying to, to resist it or fight against it. Um. So yeah, my core, my definitely my core message that I hope that anybody listening would take away is to just trust your intuition um, stay in line with your energy and the things that that make you feel open and to constantly just remember that you're enough with all of your many layers and shades and ups and downs and ins and outs you are always enough and just be be peaceful with that.
0: Mm. That's such a beautiful reminder hmm that's so that's so great it's been so fantastic having you on this show I'm so grateful that you said yes and that you found the time to sit down and share this conversation
1: oh it's been awesome for me too I I love just talking to kindred spirits and it's just I just feel so relaxed like all is right with the world so thank you for having mm-hmm. me
0: absolutely if people want to learn more about you and your work, they can find you at your website, allthemanylayers.com. And on the post for this podcast episode, they can find links to you and all your social media profiles and all the things that we've talked about today. Gigi, it's been so great to have you here. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Sarah. I'll talk to you soon.
0: You have been listening to In Her Room, women writers on life, craft, and changing the world. For more information about this and all of our episodes, please visit in-her-room.com. I'm Sarah Blackthorne. Thank you for listening.